Welcome. We're not really doing a Bible time here, just a little live message I wanted to give you. We're down here at um, local church down here, friend, uh, Fisherman Baptist Church down in on the Bon Secure, down near Mobile, Alabama. I want you to get a good look at that guy right there. I know it's wobbly. Get a stand here. Should have brought the camera stand. Okay, I don't know if you can make it out from here. But that is called the Morning Star. Do you see that ship there? The Morning Star. I'm going to zoom back out. You see it there, the Morning Star up on the bank. Now that dock that you see in between us and the Morning Star is um, was wiped out by the Morning Star, as far as I understand. Um, this here this is the baptistry at Fisherman's Baptist Church, a bunch of shrimp fishermen um, out here and stuff. But anyway, this dock was also wiped out. And as, as you can see, there's some pilings and stuff out here and some other docks out in the distance. And what happened was 2004, Hurricane Ivan came through and the Morning Star was moored up the, further on up there, that way. And when Hurricane Ivan came through, the Morning Star ripped loose and was blown by the winds all across this shore um, between the hurricane and all everything else going on and the Morning Star itself. The bunch of these docks were wiped out. The waters rose pretty good. Um, as you can see, some of the houses are on stilts in the area, but the water was um, about four, five, six feet deep right across the road over there during Hurricane Ivan in 2004. And the Morning Star went across here and wiped out all these docks and came to rest over there. Now, the pastor here told me that nobody will claim it because if, you, if they tried to claim it, then they'd be liable for the environmental damages if they tried to take it for scrap or something like that and it's got oil whatever and all that in it so everybody's afraid to touch it because there's so much liability involved with it so it just sits there since 2004 about 18 years it's been sitting on the bank there all right i'm going to hand, hand this off right here and i'm going to ask you to just hold that and um, hold it as still as you can first timothy you can go over there first timothy um, chapter 1 and verse 18 says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. I'd like you to keep that ship in the background. He says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. That, I may, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, there were two parts here, two things that were put away that caused Hymenaeus and Alexander to make shipwreck. The first was faith, and the second was a good conscience. Now, faith is nothing more and nothing less than trusting the veracity of God's Word. Lord, help us today to learn something from your Word. Nothing more and nothing less. If you all can hear me over there, faith is nothing more and nothing less than trusting the veracity of God's Word. Faith is believing what God said, believing that what He said is what He said, and that He meant what He said, and He'll do what He said, and responding to what God said is faith. And that's the faith without works that James talks about. Faith that doesn't respond to God, that isn't, doesn't change my life, is not faith. It doesn't please God, 
It doesn't have any benefit whatsoever. Faith without works is dead. And there's those two things here in this verse. Faith and a good conscience. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away, have made shipwreck. Now this harbor here, Bon Secours, um, Bon is something like good, literally, in the French. And the Secours would be secure, or something close to that. It means safe harbor. So here's a safe harbor. They say that the pirates used to come in here and moor their ships here during the storms because it was a good place to get out of the out of the heavy seas. Now, if you go just a little ways, um, we'll be in the you'd be in the Gulf of Mexico. Just a little ways from here, um, back that way, the, you could get out in the Gulf of Mexico where the real waves are roaring and where the wind is howling. But right here in Bon Secours, in a little bay that's sheltered, a little away from the waves and away from the storm, kind of like being in a church where you get in around God's people and you have fellowship and you've got people who love the Lord. And there's some waves of pilings. We've got wharfs. We've got, we've got places to tie up a ship and them securely. And here in this place on the Bon Secure, a big ship named the Morning Star was sitting there. A big ship for us in this little place anyway. The big old boat was up there, and it was sitting there secure. And they, everybody thought it was secure. Everybody thought it was tied good. But that hurricane came in here, Hurricane Ivan. And the waters got up. The waters came up high, and the wind was blowing strong. That ship broke loose. And when it broke loose, it took out the whole side here and ended up here, sitting there rotting as a testament of what happens whenever a ship gets loose in a storm. So he says here in the Bible, holding faith in a good conscience, which some having put away have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan. Faith trusting the veracity of the word of God. A good conscience is obedience to the God said what he said. God meant what he said. God's going to do what he said. Now old Hymenaeus and Alexander, they got delivered to Satan not to blaspheme. Blasphemy is whenever we speak against God, whenever we something contrary to God. I hope you can still see the morning star back here. The morning star. That's the name. Just a picture from up close later. It says right on the back, morning star. We're going to get to that in just a second. Because old Hymenus and Alex do, what, where, how did they shipwreck? It was through blasphemy. And the blasphemy came from a lack of a good conscience. Now I want you to go in your Bibles to Isaiah 14.12. <clears throat> I'm speaking of Satan. How art thou fallen from heaven, O loose heaven? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the mount. Thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee and the bright and morning star. So Jesus Christ himself called himself. You say, what are you getting at, brother? We know all this. Now, Hymander, these two were delivered unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that they were undermining the faith of each people to sin against God's word. Now, what happened here, I hope you can still see that ship in the background. Keep that in the background. It's way more important than me. It wasn't for that ship over there. I want everybody to see that ship. Close up of it so everybody can see that. Self, the morning star. Now, it doesn't look like much of a morning star. Bible. And then they say New International Version. They say um, English Standard Version, Revised Standard Version. They've got all these other names on them. They try to claim to be Bibles with another version name. But inside those Bibles, you'll find something odd. You'll find that sprinkled throughout those Bibles, some more, some less, some a whole lot, and some hidden pretty 
pretty subtly that all through those Bible, they've changed the references to the blood. They've taken out the blood of Jesus Christ. They've taken out redemption through his blood in Titus. They've taken out water baptism by immersion in Acts 8. They've cut out the Trinity in 1 John 5, 7. They've diabolically destroyed the doctrine of the incarnation of Christ in Philippians chapter 2, where it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery, it says, to be equal with God, who was, um, it says he thought it not robbery to be, to be equal with God. And yet a lot of these so-called versions will say that he thought not to be equal with God. And they take the word of God and they change the word of God and they blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. You heard me, right? They blaspheme. I was speaking with a man about this one day. He was using the NIV and all these other languages. He called himself an evangelist. And I showed him Philippians chapter two and I had him read it. And he said, well, what I see in that passage, I said, no, sir, no, don't tell me what you see in that passage. Tell me today what it actually says. Tell me apart from your training. Tell me apart from everything that you've learned, everything that you've been taught. Tell me apart from your theological seminary and all that stuff. Tell me what that actually says in plain English. And he wouldn't even look at his Bible. He kept looking at it and glancing away. I had him pull it up on his phone there, and he had it on his phone. He's staring at, he would look at it and glance away. Finally, he, he finally, he looked at it enough. I quoted it to him verbatim. And when I quoted it to him, he glanced to see if I got it right. And when I did, he hung his head. I said, that's blasphemy. Finally, he hung his head and said, that's blasphemy. He agreed with me. Praise the, but then I said, but then he looked up at me and he said, if I go to the King James Bible, I'm going to lose too many people. You'll lose too many people if you go to the King James Bible. Such a one is a Hymenaean Alexander. The man would rather have crowds served him pure. The man had told me, and as he'd been, as we met, that he'd been part of a Bible translating committee down in South America, that, or somewhere around there, and that they'd want and translated a Bible into the language. He told me where the language could not convey the meaning and the truth of the King James Bible, of the Holy Word of God, how that they had dumbed down the Word of God, and they had taken and substituted things. Let me give you an example. In Creel, they have no name for God. They have names of false gods. They have names of hateful gods, but they have no name for God Almighty. So when the Bible translators that gave the Creel their their current Bible came across that problem, the Bible translators took the word God and they came up with Bondier. And Bondier means good God. Well, that sounds pretty good. So they substituted it in there. Now, let me tell you the difference between that and our King James Bible. The word of God, the King James Bible, everywhere the word of, Bo- uh, the word of God, there's a new ship coming in there. There's one to look at, one of these fisher ships. Everywhere the word of God in English had the word baptize, we didn't have a word for it in the English language. So the translators in English had a problem. They had to try and figure out what to do. They could try and say, well, he took and he dunked the man. They could follow their um, the Catholic teachings of sprinkling, and they could say, well, we sprinkled the man. But they had this word baptize, which in the Greek is something like baptizo. I'm no Greek scholar, I promise you that. And I'm, I'm not proud of that, but I'm not ashamed of it either. So they took this, this word baptizo, baptizo in the Greek, and they transliterated it into English. And what they did was they made up a whole new word in the English language. They took the word baptizo and they phonetically changed it to fit the English tongue. And they made it baptize, baptized. And the words baptize and baptized in your King James Bible did not exist in the English language prior to the translation of the authorized version 1611 Bible. 
Now, what's the significance of that today? We'll get the focus back over here on the morning star for just a second. What's the, what's the significance of that today? The English language was altered to fit the Bible, not the Bible altered to fit the language. Whenever we first started talking um, in this world about, uh, in this so-called Christian world about translating the Bible into English, men like William Tyndall would say, I'm going to translate this until the plowboy, every plowboy in England can read it. He was not saying that he was going to write it in pictures. And most of the plowboys were illiterate. William Tyndall expected the plowboys, listen up today, listen up out there, listen to me today. He expected the plowboys to learn English writing so that they could read the Bible if they were going to read the Bible. He did not expect, you can hold this for just a second, he did not expect it to be written in pictures, in cuneiform or whatever else. He expected it to be written in a way that the people could learn the language and read the Bible in plain, simple English. That's all. Now, we've changed the whole discussion today in America. We've changed the whole thing. Instead of an accurate Bible translation, we want it to be easier to read. So we feel like we have the liberty to edit God's Word and change the words of God. And this is what happens. You can see the morning star out there. All through our churches, we've got fake Bibles. All through the churches, we have edited Bibles. We no longer have translations of the Bible. It's not an English standard version. It's an English standard perversion. It's not a new international version. It's a new international phony. They're just fake Bibles. They have some of the old Bible in them, but they have edited every passage they didn't. They got a stomachache over. They didn't feel right about. They just didn't like it. Maybe they learned something different at Bible school. The ESV is the most commonly used Bible amongst Calvinists. Why? Because it's been edited to fit the Calvinist dogmas. We just need an old Bible. We don't need an edited Bible today. God has given us the Word of God. Now, if you're going to get in the Word of God, you need to get an old Bible, an old King James authorized version Bible, and you need to read it. The Bible defines itself. Here in 1 Timothy, we have two men, Hymenaeus and Alexander, and they were made shipwreck. It says, he says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. That thou by them mightest war a good warfare. You're not going to war a good warfare with an NIV. That's like using a floppy cardboard sword in a battle. Now, when the battle got rough out here in this bay, and the Hurricane Ivan raised the water levels, and the winds were whipping through here, we, a lot of people found out how good their boat was held. But you know, some people's boats were held real good. Pan that thing slow around there, that sailboat. Look at that thing. It's tied at every corner. Pan that on around there and show them. Show them that sailboat. It's tied on every corner. But you know what happened when that big old morning star came crashing through? It ripped up pilings. It knocked down docks. The wind driving it, just crushing things before it. And some people's boats that were tied up real good and would have survived the storm didn't make it because that morning star broke loose. Turn that thing back around here. Now today we're seeing this in our nation. The big denominations, the big churches, the big uh, machine, the big money machine of churches, they've left the Word of God. They've left the King James Bible, the authorized version. They've gone in for the edited stuff, written by Hymenaeus, old Westcott, and by Alexander, old Hort. We've got our own blasphemers today, but instead of delivering them to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, we gave them a free pass to edit our Bibles. We let them take our, trans our Word of God and chop it up 
up into little pieces. We let them scissor cut it. We let them edit it. We let them add to it. We let them take away from it. And now we've got fake Bibles everywhere. And guess what's happened? Everybody's got the mindset that they are left to determine what the Bible says. So they, well, it doesn't really matter what version you use because they all basically say the same thing. How can a man say that? A man can only say it. I hope you're listening over there today. You listen to me. A man can only say all these versions, basically the sa say the same thing, if he thinks that his idea of what God says is higher than the written word of God. And that's what's happened today. We've got a bunch of people that think that their ideas, their ideology, their philosophy, their seminary instruction, their professor, that he knows more than the Word of God. And we don't need a verbatim written Word of God anymore. They say things like, well, the Word became flesh and now the Word is in heaven, but we don't have a real Word. The living Word is what all that applies to. And they have no mooring. They have no anchor. They have no place of stability. Their ropes have been cast off. And it's, they might not even make it until the next hurricane. But when they do go, they're going to take a bunch with them. You get away from those guys. You get away from those guys. It says, of whom which some having put away concerning the faith have made shipwreck. What would make a man want to get rid of the word of God? First of all, he lacks faith. Faith is trusting the veracity of God's word. And he looks over and he says, well, well, David didn't really kill a giant. And he didn't really do it with stones. Well, and they, all that Moses, he, they didn't really cross the Red Sea. You see that grass over there? They'll tell you, they went through a marshy, swampy place. And it wasn't really dry land. It was just better than an ocean. And they have put away faith. They have stopped trusting and believing the Word of God. They say, white horses? Jesus coming back on a white horse? That's just a bunch of spiritual analogies. And they put away the faith. They put away of God's Word. They stopped believing God. And when they stopped believing God, oh, she wasn't really. And Joseph and her, and all the blasphemies that come out of them. Blasphemy! Blasphemous books out of the Apocrypha and the book of Judas and all this junk. And now people are holding them up on the same level as the Word of God. Why? Because we've stopped having faith in the Word of God. We stop believing the veracity of the one speaking. So what we've done now is anything goes. And if we have a bunch of historical books that were written a bunch of, by a bunch of old men in their doting, as the professors will tell you, a bunch of old men who've lost their marbles, and they wrote this book, and you can take it or leave it, and some of it's good, some of it's bad, some of it's the words of God, some of it's mixed together. If you got an NIV, that's all you got, by the way. That's all you got if you got an NIV. But if you got the authorized version Bible, you have the perfectly preserved, infallible Word of God that God Almighty spoke through His servants, the prophets, through His servants, the twelve apostles of the Lamb. God Almighty gave us this book. It's perfect. It's without error. There are no mistakes in the Bible, in the Word of God. This is God's Word. And you've got to get anchored in this Word. If you put away faith, can you see that morning star on there? Don't shake that camera. Make people sick. See that boat over there? That's going to be you. You start letting that just faith. Simple believing of what God said. Simply taking God for His Word, at His Word, even if it makes you look stupid. Even if the college professors say, well, in the Greek, what that should have said is this. In the Hebrew, the sense is this. And, the, and this is that. And this archaeological find over here, we know that this is true and the Bible's wrong. And you don't need to believe that faith, but why? We're going to look at why they put away the faith, and then we're going to be done today. They lacked a good conscience. Because they were full of sin, they were full of wickedness, they were full of debauchery, they were full of immorality, they were full of isness, strife, malignity, whispering, backbiting, proud boasters, haters of God. 
They thought they knew more than God. God says, thou shalt not commit adultery. They get sick of their wife and they leave her for another woman. And next thing you know, they're changing the Bible. Next thing you know, they don't believe the Bible. Next thing you know, they want to edit Mark chapter 10. The next man down the road, well, his boy goes off and becomes a sodomite. And starts going men with men, just like the Bible says working. So guess what? He edits the Bible. He starts cutting things out of the Bible. Listen to me. The Bible says it is of no private interpretation. You're shooting off somewhere over there. Get that thing over here, please. Get, you look at it. Make sure it stays on that boat. If I get out of the picture, that's fine. Keep it on that boat. <coughs> our morality dictates our theology. So what happens when a man puts away his good conscience is that man begins to make excuses. That man begins to chop up the Bible. That man begins to look in his concordance for definitions and tenses and root words. You've seen the way they do it. Well, the root of this word in the Greek means this. And that comes from this root word over here, etymologically speaking with etymology and they go back to the history of the word and they say so the root of the word means a and a means b and b means c so that verse really means d and what they end up doing they will preach you in a circle until they tell you that the verse that says that god is god that jesus christ is god in the flesh that jesus has come in the flesh they'll turn that thing flip around and they'll be using this and their etymology and their archaeology and all that stuff and they'll preach another gospel they'll preach the exact flip opposite and you're gonna suck it up like a flounder on the bottom of this bay flapping around on the bottom just to you because you're never going to get an old bible an old authorized version bible and read it and believe what god says and i think that's about all we've got today we'll just read this text here it says this charge i commit unto thee son timothy according to the prophecies can you see that bible in there the prophecies you say that's corny tough According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. This charge I commit to thee. Hold on to the Bible. Don't let go of the Bible. No matter what the critics say. No matter what the theologians say. No matter what the White House says. You hold on to the old Bible. The old authorized version Bible. You read it. You believe it. That thou by them mightest war a good warfare. You know why this nation's going to hell in a handbasket? Because we left the Bible. And we don't have a Bible to go to war with anymore. We've got a bunch of cardboard swords and plastic knives. And we're running around and trying to do battle with plastic knives. And Satan and hell not to blaspheme. I'm going to zoom in on that one more time. Let you take one more look before we go. Try not to wobble too much here. Well, that's a good view. If I can just get it to hold still, bear with me. Don't be like that ship. Don't be a fake morning star. Don't be a fake follower of Jesus. Don't be shipwrecked in your faith. Get an old Bible, an old authorized version King James Bible. Get tied down and rooted and grounded. Get your anchor in the rock of ages and press on for Jesus. We've got a war to fight. We haven't got time for this other junk. God bless you until we meet again, or if we ever meet, I hope we meet here, or if we don't meet here, maybe in heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just remember, Jesus died for us according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day, and He ever liveth to make intercession for us who are saved. God be with you.